Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside Jarrah Kimmer looking back at all the action from day five at the Aegeus Bowl and the first test match of the summer between England and West Indies. Uh, We're going to be uh, reflecting on a quite historic day for the West Indies as they managed to chase down 200 and go 1-0 up in the series. Plenty of discussion, plenty of talking points. And it's only three days until the second test match, so that may even get a mention as well. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. Well, no doubt you know by now that it is uh, England who will go to Old Trafford 1-0 down in the series after a uh, combination of good batting from Jermaine Blackwood and some pretty awful fielding from England allowed West Indies to chase down 200 at losing just the six wickets on the way. 95 for Blackwood, running uh, just five short of what would have been his second uh, test century. 37 from Chase and uh, plenty of support along the way, really. All this after they were reduced to 27 for three. Uh, There will be questions. Some of them will pop up in this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, But let's look back at the match and the day as a whole. Story of the day. Well, I suppose, Jared, that if the batting let England down on day two, the bowling let England down on day three, it was the fielding that let the bowling down on day five. And you don't win many test matches uh, when you fall short in so many different aspects of the game. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, if you're trying to defend 200, you don't really want to combine bowling no balls with dropping catches and missing multiple run out chances, do you? Uh, so I think when it comes down to it, I think England going to have, have to have a good look at themselves and uh, try not to make all those errors every time they play from now on in, especially in 200 chases. I think that if they break that partnership early on, honestly, there's still a really good chance of winning the game from there. Um, And the fact that they didn't break it in so many spectacularly new and unusual ways is entertaining, unless you're an English cricket fan, which you are. Yeah, I mean, let's look back at it. The score uh, was 27 for three. 
uh, when <laughs> Blackwood came to the crease, uh, essentially for four, really, because mm. Campbellwood retired hurt. And uh, just to list all of the, uh, the errors, Blackwood was dropped on five um, at first slip by Ben Stokes. A relatively tough chance, but only because he's well. Still, well, yeah. that's the thing. If he stayed where he was and just took the catch, but essentially he was preempting where the ball was going to go before the ball had hit the the, the bat, which doesn't usually work. Um, then he was dropped uh, on twenty by Joss Butler, uh, and this is a point we'll go back to because you know you can uh, you can fail with the bat every single innings and not get dropped, but. If you drop a catch on day five uh, and, you're, and you're a wicketkeeper, that's, that's not allowed. Um, and that was a simple chance. Well, not a simple chance. Came off the glove and kind of died on Butler, diving to his left. But he should have taken it. And then there was a really strange one where he was dropped on. Well, he wasn't actually dropped by Rory Burns at Gully, who's pulled off some absolutely brilliant catches. But uh, Rory Burns he just did. didn't see the ball. Mm. Um, it must have gone a yard to, his, to the left of his face and he didn't actually get his fingers to it. Strange one. Um, and then there was a missed run-out opportunity as well. This was probably the worst of the lot. It was uh, Ruston Chase. He dropped the ball into the covers. He ran through. Blackwood said no. Chase carried on running. And then Blackwood would have been out all ends up. But Crawley, he could have gone for the ball two-handed, but he went for it one-handed, possibly looking at the wicketkeeper or Butler running in. Anyway, missed the ball. It was ridiculous, to be honest. And there was another couple of run-outs towards the end of... Uh, half, the half chances. Yeah, yeah towards half, half chances. chances. But, but even that's, so... That's enough, isn't it? That's enough. Yeah. The guy, I don't know... I mean, the guy's essentially won the game for West Indies and will be lauded, rightly so. And I heard Michael Holdings lauding him, but he should have been out. Yeah, but that happens. I mean, you, there's there's very few chanceless innings. And also, we, we focus on the catches that are dropped and the missed runouts and the no ball and all those sorts of things. But actually, uh, quite often, you know, I, I mean, the average test batsman makes about 8% of the balls he faces, or tw- I think it's between 8 and 12% of the balls he faces, uh, there's a, he makes an error on, right? And so sometimes you can make all those errors and just not hit a catch to someone. So you can hit lots of edges. Joe Denley hits way more edges than other batsmen, but he doesn't hit as many catches for whatever reason. So those things all happen. That's all part of the game. And... You've got to take your chances. He was out there for a long time. How many times did he play that silly uppercut up in the air and it didn't go to anyone? Sometimes that happens. You know, it's a bit like Botham. Um, or, you know, t- two of the most famous innings I could think of that had a lot of luck, you know, Botham in the confectionery stand. You know, I, I, he probably tried to play that innings a bunch of times in his life, Botham, and, and went out for 12. And Harman Kaur, when she changed women's cricket forever, she basically just kept, kept hitting either side of deep mid-wicket. Sometimes these things happen, you know, that's how it goes. But that's down to England as well. You, we all know you have to create more chances than 20 to win a test match. To be fair to England, they created their 20 chances probably. They just didn't take them. Another story of the day for me, I don't know about you, was the fact that, you know, when England really needed the wickets, when the series, when the, 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 the match was absolutely on the line, coming out after tea, Ben Stokes didn't turn to Jimmy Anderson. He turned to Wood and Archer. And then he called upon himself. Um, am I reading too much into that? Uh, I, think it was, I think he thought the extreme pace would do more. I mean, I think if we've learned anything about Ben Stokes in this test match, he likes quick bowling more than he does fast-medium bowling. Probably because he doesn't rate fast-medium bowling and medium-fast bowling as a batsman. I mean, you could see him, him running down the wicket to Kemar Roach. We've seen him do it for years. Uh, Vernon Philander, he did it too as well. Quite often, captains captain based on what they're good against. 
I've had this conversation literally with captains, you know, when I've worked with teams before going, but you're really good against spin. That doesn't mean that everyone else is really good against spin. And I think we saw a bit of that with Stokes' captaincy there. Also, the ball was reversing uh, and you do go sometimes to your quicker bowlers in that, uh, in that, you know, area anyway. But to be fair, Jimmy Anderson's pretty good, and uh, I might have I might have thrown him the ball. I might have thrown him the ball from one end and gone with two or three quick over spells from the other end. The West Indian batsmen were jumping around though, so there was there was plenty to encourage Stokes. I'm I'm not sure that I, I mean we definitely have read too much into it because I'm now on about three <laughs> minutes into talking about it. But uh, you know, it, it was a thing that happened, John. You can't deny that. You know, at one point when uh, West Indies were really struggling, 30-odd for three, and, you know, Campbell's uh, back in the uh, hobbling off. And I'm thinking, are West Indies really going to lose this test match that they have played so well in, essentially in a session? And the answer was no, because they remain true to their principles. I, I'm not sure I ever got to the stage where they just thought, I'm just going to have to throw the... the the kitchen sink at everything. You know, maybe if they lost another wicket before, like maybe if Blackwood had gone, actually, you know, maybe they're 60 for five. You would have seen West Indies revert to type. And, um, but it didn't happen. And credit to them because they have played some incredibly disciplined cricket in this test match. And they continue to do so today, even though they were up against it. And you know what? In the end, and really, from about the point of, I'd say, 65 for three, 70 for three, it was pretty comfortable. Yeah. I think when you've got a flat pitch and a 200 chase, and you also know that your tail is, you know, other than Gabriel, they actually have a lot of respect for their, their lower order from six down, really. I think once you get to that point, uh, I think you, what you start to do is you start to go, well, now it's ours to lose as long as we just keep playing sensible cricket. And to be fair, Blackwood played some silly shots at times because he is, yeah, that's how he scores. He doesn't have the normal game of a test player. He's going to ha- always have to take more risks. It's why his average will struggle to ever go much above 35. So all those things play into it. But a lot of the other guys are not like that. That's not their natural game. They have a lot more to them. Darich could block all day if you wanted to. He, ha- he has some slight technical flaws as well, but he could play that way. I've seen Jason Holder play some incredibly sort of dour innings at times. And, you know, Craig Brathwaite, not not today, but he's another batsman like that. So they do have those sorts of batsmen in there. I think that we sometimes, we do this with Pakistan and we do this with West Indies. Every now and again, a Pakistan or a West Indies batsman will be really exciting when we are, oh, that's the, that's the way they bat. I mean, Chandra Paul proved to us an entire career of not doing that. And they've had a lot of very dour players probably since they've been great. Um, and so I, I don't think we should be surprised at that. Also, this is clearly Jason Holder's message, isn't it? We are going to stick in there and grind out victories with a bat or with ball. So, um, you know, all, all, fair play to them. They stuck to that again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we were talking about the experience of the bowlers yesterday. I think that this West Indies side is A, playing for its captain. It's got experience with the new ball in Roach and Gabriel. Um, experience with the captain holder who's been there for quite some time yes it's a bit of a dodgy looking batting order but you show me one in world cricket that isn't (laughs) but essentially this is a team that's actually getting used to beating England because they beat England last year and you know what I had a quick look back at that scorecard from 2015 when they were set about 170 odd there's five players in this side that played on that day 
And you know what? Blackwood, he scored 40-odd on that day as well to take them home. And Blackwood also scored 40-odd, I think, um, at Headingley in 2017. So he, think... also gave it, he also gave it away in, I think, all three of those as he was, as he was helping the team. So he's got, he's got a, a, a form guide against England, which is batting really well. And take them. Did he not also win... Um... Did he not make a big score when they uh, beat England in the West Indies two series back? Two tours back as well. I think that might have been, if that wasn't when he made his 100, I think he made runs in that chase as well when uh, Butler might have missed a stumping quite early on, which I think might have even been Blackwood. So, yeah, look, a lot of these guys were picked before they were ready. A lot of that is to do with T20 cricket because a lot of the, you know, their, their board basically made a huge error and got rid of all their best players when they could have struck much better deals with them, which meant that, Brathwaite and um, Hope and these sorts of guys all were thrown in before they were ready. But you now look at Blackwood. He's got a hundred first class games to his name. Dowrich is now an experienced international cricketer. These guys have now started to build themselves up. That you know they might have been thrown in. They might have had to play ter- some terrible cricket for a long time. That's no longer the case anymore. Moment of the day. Well, no doubt what the moments of the day really were from an English perspective, those drop catches. You know, aside from the Blackwood um, drop catches, which we've already listed, Dowrich um, was caught from a no ball. Um, and there was a close run out for Jason Holder as well. That's that's always going to hurt you, no matter what score you're, you're, uh, you start, no matter what score you're chasing. Another big moment, I alluded to it earlier, was Joss Butler dropping Blackwood. Um, the umpire gave it leg buys, but Stokes knew that Blackwood had gloved the ball. He absolutely would have reviewed that decision uh, if the umpire had given that as, uh, as not out and it would have been overturned. And Butler, we spoke about him yesterday. You know, he was questioned about his batting, but he's also not actually ever really proved he's a, a, te- a keeper at test level either. Yeah, I mean, Crickfist put up a stat saying that he hadn't dropped a catch, um, but he also hadn't had as many... Um, catches come to him as you would have expected in that time. He also hasn't kept up to the stumps as much for a lot of catches, which is generally where the wicket keepers do uh, fumble them. I mean, to be honest, moment of the day is West Indies coming over uh, into the bubble and winning a test. I mean, that is the moment of the day, isn't it? By a long distance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fact that, I think, again, we spoke about this a few days ago. Remember the test series, I don't know, about six or seven years ago when Chris Gale rocked up the day before the series because he'd been playing in the IPL and you know they got uh, they got hammered they've been here for a month I know two weeks that was quarantine but you can see just like Pakistan in 2015 it, when teams come over here and they put in the preparation it pays off and you've got to say and I would be interested to hear what Stokes has to say but it seemed to me that it was the West Indies who seemed more switched on in this test match I mean, that's interesting. I, I think they got the best of the conditions. Had it not rained on day one and it been overcast for the first two days, it'd be very interesting to see what would have happened in this game. Sometimes those yeah. things just happen. But Stokes did choose to bat. He won the toss. No. Was, do you know what I mean? So that isn't even the best. And Holder said he was surprised by that as well at the time. So, you know, that no, was no. Like an error. I'm not saying that wasn't an error, but my point is that if, let's say, it just stayed overcast and didn't actually rain, it would be a completely different test you know, West Indies might still have won, but it would have been a different test. So I think that you have to factor those sorts of things in as well. But, you know, on a, on a very real thing, Crickviz put up something recently where they looked into the amount of practice games that teams have um, in countries and whether that is, uh, has changed it. 
But the problem with the, with what they've looked into was how how much of those practice games are not proper practice games anymore, and and also the fact they're only looking at the modern era. We know that in the old days teams would properly acclimatize, and that's what you're talking about: getting used to the weather, getting used to the the pitches, the conditions, the kind of cricketers that you're going to go up to, all those sorts of things. Quite often you can't do that in modern in modern settings at all. Realistically, though. If a team properly gets together for a month before a test series, whether they're acclimatizing or not, they're going to be in a better situation. And that's what Pakistan did. And that's what West Indies were forced into doing. And we've seen that a lot. I saw Australia won the first test in India a couple of years ago uh, when they went over. They almost, they almost stole that series because they won that first test. They did so much work beforehand in the UAE and getting specialist coaches in and all that sort of stuff in. It makes a difference. Any other moments of the day? I mean, West Indies won. That is the moment of the day. What, what, what are you searching for here, John? West Indies came to England and beat England in a test match. That is the moment of the day. Isn't that the story of the day? Okay, it's that too. Is it a shot of the day? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Shot of the day. I've got two shots for you, both by Jermaine Blackwood. And uh, one was just before tea, you know, kind of time traditionally when teams are trying to bunker down. And Jimmy Anderson's brought back into the attack. You know, the bowler who probably become the first uh, and, and possibly only paceman to take 600 wickets. Third ball of his second over. And Jermaine Blackwood absolutely drills a straight drive over the head of mid-off and it goes away for four. And I think for the first time ever, I just thought, hmm, 
Is Anderson showing his age a little bit? It was so disdainful. It was a brilliant hit. And then uh, he did exactly the same thing after T, this time um, off Mark Wood uh, to move to 80. And yeah, um, and then he got out doing the same shot again. So, you know, that's just how it goes. But they're my shots of the day. I don't think I've ever seen a batsman who mid-off is more of a catching fielder um, than Blackwood. I mean, it's a phenomenal thing, you know, having followed his career for, what, four or five years now. And also, you know, he doesn't play CPL. It's incredible. We watch him play these shots. and what? we go. He doesn't play T20 cricket. I don't think he's played a T20 game at the top level since 2015. Why? <laughs> well, basically, when he first started, he was a terrible white ball cricketer. And then he got a reputation as being a red ball cricketer, which is fine. All signs point to the fact he would slap the white ball around, though, John. I don't know. Could just be me. But, yes, he's this phenomenal character. Because of that, he just becomes so great. And he does have one of the best hand-eye coordinations in, in modern cricket. Like, the, his ability to see the ball um, and meet it cleanly is, is ridiculous. But he's going to go out court mid-off, mid-on so often. And he has already in his life so often. But then against England, and virtually only against England, he has this ability to play these incredible innings. So the, the other, one of the other innings, I won't go through them all, but he had the 112 not out to draw a test, I think, um, uh, that he played against England as well. Like so many of these great innings that he has played, he's just a remarkably funny, hilarious, brilliant cricketer to watch. So frustrating, but in every good way. And those shots that you talk about, that's just, that's Jermaine Blackwood, you know, in a nutshell. I was, in a nutshell. <laughs> I was looking at his, uh, his innings list. I mean, his average is low 30s or 30. Um, but it's not actually that bad a record. And it seems to me like he scored those two 40s against England at Headingley. He'd been playing quite consistently from 2014 to 2017. Then he failed at Lords, failed against Afghanistan, I think. That was it. Didn't see him again for two years. He's been dropped six times, I think, in his career, which is a phenomenal record. That's like, and, and another player that had that was Sean Massoud, who also, it's very hard to get used to it when you think you're, no matter what you do, you're going to be out next test. You know, there are certain players that that, that suits. He averages, what, 55 against England, I think, unless, unless I'm missing the, no, 55 against England, uh, whereas he does not average that much against most other teams. The problem with someone like Blackwood is the same thing that you have with a lot of these kind of batsmen, which is if you go out caught at slip a lot, and if you go out LBW a lot, everyone goes, wow, you just get, you just get one of those balls. If you go out caught specifically at mid-off a lot, <laughs> it just gives the selectors another chance. Whereas I always go with the Verinda Sawag thing. Verinda Sawag would always say, it doesn't matter if I'm caught at second slip or at deep point. I've been caught. Uh, and I think that with Blackwood, it, it's, it's a tough one. He's like there and thereabouts when it comes to that record. Because there are a lot of guys in the West Indies who can probably average between 30 and 35. I think we have to be honest with that. And because of that, if he was averaging just over 35, I think he'd be safe. But he's just in that period where, or just in that gap where they can go, we can find someone else to do this. And they're probably right. Whether they can find someone else as talented as him with the upside of him, well, I'd say no, because they haven't. Well, he probably wouldn't be playing if Hetmeyer and Bravo had made the trip over here. So... He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. Wouldn't have been in my team. Now my team would be completely different because Cornwall would have come in for him. Dow, Rich, and Holder would have moved up the order. That would have meant an extra spinner, um, and Cornwall might have taken a couple of wickets. And maybe they didn't have to chase two hundred, so they wouldn't have needed him. You know, there's a lot of hypotheticals in that. But he would not have been in my team, even of the players that they have here. 
So, you know, it's all credit to him for taking that opportunity and, and doing everything he could with it. Ball of the day. It's hard to go past Joffre Archer almost killing someone, isn't it? Uh, I mean, he, Joffre bowled some incredible balls. Um, him and Wood, I thought, bowled very well at times. But the difference in the skill level between him and Wood, I think, was maybe a bit more on show today. Uh, yeah, and also bowled a longer spell than he probably than England probably want him to bowl anymore. Um, but to be fair, also, uh, Ben Stokes bowled an incredible ball to get rid of Dowrich as well, didn't he? That, you know, I thought England outside of Best, I thought they all bowled pretty well. It's just that two hundred on a flat pitch is a lot needs to go your way, and sadly, as we have discussed, a lot did not go their way. Yeah, sometimes with Archer in his very young career, I've kind of wondered what he's trying to do. Um, it's almost like, like with, with Anderson, you know how he's trying to get an opponent out with, you know, with uh, basically with his art of swing bowling. Stokes as well, you know, he's, uh, he bowls at a certain type of the inning, time of the innings, exponent of reverse swing, yada, yada. Stuart Broad, of course, uh, now against left-handers specifically, maybe touch, bowls a touch fuller these days as well. With Archer, you know, he's so new to his uh, career, and it's almost like he's got too many tricks, I suppose. And at times I've kind of wondered what his stock delivery is or how he's trying to work out and get out a batsman. But today with the new ball, I thought he was just sumptuous. I mean, the, the, the LBW for Brooks, um, even even if you had 10 reviews uh, to you, you wouldn't have re- re- tried to review that. You know, set him up perfectly. Uh, Brathwaite as well. Uh, and then, of course, he came back again, and you know he made a difference. I just thought, I just thought he used quality at, at times today. I think when you talked about the tools, I think you have to understand this happens to batsmen a lot. You see someone like Michael Clark coming to Test cricket, and he can basically play every shot. And you think, oh, what an incredible talent! But actually, there's a point where that doesn't help uh, that you can play every shot. In some ways, it's easier to be Steve War or, or, or well, Steve War. To be fair, was a player who who did that on purpose. But Jason Holder talked about this with his own bowling earlier in the test of just going back and watching McGrath, learning a little bit from Anderson and a little bit from McGrath of just being like, okay, if they know I have the in-swinger, I don't need to show them the in-swinger. I need to do it. I need to bowl the out-swinger six balls in a row and then the out-swinger six balls in a row and then the out-swinger six balls in a row. Then the in-swinger is far more important. I think you've seen that with Jofra. When you can bowl 90 miles an hour, when you can bounce people out, uh, when you can bowl knuckle balls, when you can see the ball around, when you can sometimes swing the ball around. What an incredible package that is. And it's going to, you know, perhaps he needs to do what something a little bit like Sean Pollock. Now, Sean Pollock did it because his body sort of gave way. But Sean Pollock pulled himself back and became a very stock standard uh, bowler. Whereas early in Pollock's career, almost every ball he could do a different thing at 90 miles an hour. I think, you know, Joffre might eventually become that kind of bowler. But that, you know, the, the ability to do that is phenomenal. Lol of the day. Have you got a lull of the day, Jared? I suppose as an Australian, the whole day was a lull watching England lose. It was quite funny. No, I mean, I think it has to be Campbell going off, doesn't it, with, with the foot injury. Um, just because they had started okay, you know, and it was quite early on, but you're thinking, they just if Campbell gets a couple of way here and Brathwaite bats deep, Suddenly Campbell's gone, Brathwaite's gone, and there's this sort of the hilarious nature of that. Although, looking back on it, it must be Ben Stokes falling over, trying to take a catch where, had he stood still, it would have hit him in the throat. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's that. I don't know. There's something about Campbell going off the field with a sore foot. Like, 
I'm not saying he's soft or anything, but just that it wasn't broken and he could come back and bat fine later on. There's something quite funny about that and that they didn't need him. No, I'm going back. It's Stokes, John. It's definitely Stokes. Well, I wrote down, I wrote down Campbell as well because, you know, I wasn't sure what happened to him, but essentially, you know, he'd been pinned on the big toe by a 91 mile an hour Yorker. First ball of the innings, three overs later, He's, he, he goes off. But what made me laugh, and it's, I shouldn't do, I suppose, was the fact that the medic tried to, tried to sort the problem out by using a plaster. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious because there was no blood. It hadn't split anything. Essentially, he's probably broken his toe and he's hobbling off and this plaster's still attached to his toe and it's kind of like flapping in the breeze. <laughs> and I was just thinking, of all the things to try and cure a broken toe from a 90-mile-an-hour Yorker, I don't think a plaster's going to cut it. Anodyne press conference moment of the day. England standing captain Ben Stokes spoke following the game. Funnily enough, uh, was a little bit downbeat for Anodyne press conference moment of the day we know we've got two games left and um you know we we're, we're going to set a, a target of winning this series 2-1 because you know we don't want to draw series we want to win series so uh, we know what we've got to do which is to which is to win the next two games what is going to happen tomorrow well, I don't know about you, Jared, but tomorrow I'm probably going to have to look after the kids because I have uh, not looked after the kids at all, um, apart from a few hours in the morning for the last five days. What's going to happen well, I, to you tomorrow? I, I was literally, during that last session, trying to set up Minecraft for the boys so they could both play against each other on two different iPads at the same time, which I'm still not sure I did. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, what I'll be doing is tomorrow, the same thing, but with schoolwork. Um, the selectors uh, and the coach, well, so Chris Silverwood, Ed Smith, and I imagine Joe Root is going to come back into the bubble. They've got a few decisions to make. Um, Joe Root will, of course, come back into the side. Almost certainly Joe Denley will make way. Um, but decisions, I suppose, have got to be made about the makeup of the team. Does Stuart Brawl come in for, I assume, Mark Wood? Does Ben Folks come in for Joss Butler? Um yeah, few decisions. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. They're going to decide upon those two, uh, two or three uh, decisions, I guess. Yeah, and, and you know, West Indies are in a really good place, but it'd be interesting to see how Shannon Gabriel pulls up. I mean, he's he hasn't been fit ever in his life. He's too big to bowl fast, essentially. Uh, he's he, you know, he's had to bowl in this game coming in under an injured cloud. He seemed to spend almost as much time stretching as Jason Gillespie used to do. Um, hopefully for the West Indies that he can play, but they do have um, Chima Roach um, available to them. Who's an incredible young talent, but I'm not sure you want him and Alzari Joseph who are both sort of learning their way. They want, they want the senior guys. And, and also Gabriel gives them something that they don't quite have, which is just raw unadulterated power bowling. Yeah. So few of us have that. (laughs) Speak for yourself. Yeah. uh, Actually, we didn't even really mention Gabriel considering he took five for, today um we're not all five today but you know that that would have been really frustrating you were talking yesterday about western Indies would have struggled to chase 220 certainly you don't want people hanging around he proved to be the difference again um you know he's took four wickets in first innings as well overshadowed by holder mm. he took uh, big wickets against england last year as well when you consider he wasn't in the initial squad because there was like, a few doubts about his inj- his his uh, fitness yeah, his participation 
has to come under doubt. Is O'Shane Thomas in the uh, in the squad? Maybe they could yeah. bring him in as well. That's uh, that's a possibility. Do you expect though, if he pulls up okay, West Indies to go in unchanged? Um, and England to go in with two changes, Broad for Wood and Root for Denley. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. The only thing I would, I suppose it depends a little bit on the wicket, doesn't it? So they might say to Joseph, uh, it's a bit unfair on him, but they might say to Joseph, uh, we'll sit you out and we'll bring in uh, O'Shane Thomas if it's going to be a very fast wicket and they think O'Shane is fit enough. And the other option is, I mean, uh, Old Trafford's, got quite a good reputation for spin. So uh, Rakeem Cornwall is a possibility there. Um, but realistically, I would say that there's no reason to make... If Gabriel is fully fit, I think they go in with the exact same team again. Roston Chase bowled well enough. He's obviously not the bowler that Rakeem Cornwall is, but he bowled well enough in this test. And for whatever reason, England batsmen do not seem to understand him. So uh, let's keep going with that, I would say, uh, for the West Indies. And I think that be a very interesting choice to drop Butler for folks at this point, but I could be wrong. No, I agree with you. I think Butler will get another uh, another opportunity. Uh, Jared, um, well, you won't be dropped for the uh, for the next uh, following on. Well, unless there's a, an early delivery, but uh, we look forward <laughs> to we look forward to speaking to you on Thursday. Um, Cricket Collective is back on Tuesday and it will be a review of the first test match and a preview of the second. Uh, Andrew McKenna and Steve Harmison. That's on at 10pm on TalkSport 2, but available on the following on podcast channels. So uh, make sure you take a listen to that. And as I say, Jared and I will be back after day one of the second test match at Old Trafford with England uh, seeking a, uh, a win to get them back in the series. West Indies win that one and they'll go back to back and they'll win their first series in England this century I think Uh, either way thanks for listening to the following on podcast on ACOS Spotify or Apple Podcasts and uh, yeah be back on Tuesday with the Cricket Collective The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.